What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Front Row Podcast. I am your host, Joe, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 6, which sounds pretty crazy to me if you ask me because I feel like we started our second season a little late, but it also kind of, you know, gives me a moment to reflect on our first season, 12 episodes. This is a casual, gentle reminder. If you have not subscribed to us across all of your major streaming platforms, do me a favor, go do it. And you can also find us on Instagram and on Twitter to see cool, fun behind the scenes content, get to know a lot more about our guests, including the one that's back on today for today's episode, Um, get to know a little bit more about them. And then a whole lot more about me. Now, with that being said, for the next couple episodes, we're actually going to be introducing uh, our audience to some of our friends. I think it's important for you guys to get to know more about me and an extension of me are the people that are around me. And some of them happen to be this lovely person that's seated in front of me and, you know, her other person that's in front of us watching the Leafs game right now. Uh, but I'm going to try my best to introduce her. She was actually on our on our last season uh, with Dean and with Jamal. Ranish, what's up? What's going on? How How's you doing? going? How's going? Super grateful to be back. It's uh, good to have you back. I did a poor, poor job introducing you, so I'm going to try that again. But you are a hustler, entrepreneur. I'm I guess ex-entrepreneur. Ex, okay, we'll go with ex-entrepreneur. I'm also super afraid of you because when you get angry, geez, you know, it just, we should all be scared. We yeah. should all have that one uh, female friend that just scares the shit out of us. I can I can confidently say that's absolutely Perfect. 100%, 100%, 100% you. But welcome back. What's going on? How you been? We're just living out here. Just We're living, living life. Just hanging out in the East End. Ha- hanging out in the in this uh, panorama, this pineapple yeah, of, of a situation. I thought I loved it last last year. Last time when we did this, yeah. yeah. It felt brand new, right? Uh, totally. Yeah. I appreciated it, you know? Yeah. Because you get some some time to spend it with those who matter. For sure. But For sure. A lot has changed since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, let's see if we actually get into that. Or if I lose my shit and just get all angry. It's, and it's, please don't get angry. Not on, not on, <laughs> not on today's episode. But I w- I'm going to actually start off with a conversation that we had. I think it was like last week on um, on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. And shout out to Casey because uh, she hosted like a session. And I can't remember what we were talking about, but it somehow led to you talking about the fact that you had gone through like nine jobs in a, in a year. I think it was about the whole leadership. Like, let's say you wanted to change something or... You don't understand the system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's going on in your workplace or whatnot. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, like. So maybe maybe to rewind a little bit, and I guess the, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and focus on this part. But you would you would kind of I think in that in that deep conversation, you somehow. Yeah. Since my partner is here. Yeah. Um, I had him review my uh, resignation letter. Oh right. Okay. From from a job that I was about to leave, and um, it was actually pretty interesting. Okay. To. I guess because even the way that you had said it, right, it's it's almost like there is a negative connotation to it, which I've learned through. I had to go through that right. in order to be where I am today because mm-hmm. there was like a whole identity crisis that was going on. And like I said, ex-entrepreneur. Right. I am very entrepreneurial, but I don't define it as entrepreneurship. I'm going to pause you there with, for a second yeah. for, for people that may or may not know. Um, maybe describe to me some of the businesses that you've started, maybe stopped that are on pause. And namely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on Fidget Toys. Mm-hmm. Fidget Toys was, is... Fidget Toys is still going on in the background, okay. but uh, it is developing toys for children with autism mm-hmm. and disrupting that market. And it was honestly like the most humbling experience, but it was 
one of the hardest ones because I started it so early. Okay. And I mean, dude, at 22, the hell. Like, yeah. What do you What do you know, right? What do you know? And like, especially when it comes to like cultural expectations, mm. your own personal growth, personal development, personal ex- experiences, and whatnot. I never got a chance to explore that. Mm-hmm. Legit, my date with my partner, mm-hmm. who's my fiance now. Oh, okay. Um, calling it out there. Was more of a, it was the most logical date that we were on because right. I was never approaching th- males right. in that sense of like, oh, this is a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. It was more about business. Like, mm-hmm. what are you up to? What okay. do you want to network about? And right. so and so. So I think, um, Again, Fidget Toys, humbling experience. Mm-hmm. It's still being run by the wellness center that mm-hmm. uh, we partnered up with. Okay. And we can totally get into that or join on Clubhouse and fucking talk about <laughs> how we built businesses. But I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I've, I've, I've been coming out of that phase, but it's put me on a really great platform to be able to support mm-hmm. young entrepreneurs or people that have ideas and just ideate with them. And I think it's also to empower people that you can also figure out the right time and place for that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that business for me was a legacy business. Right, right. It's tied to my name. It's almost like my last name. Yeah. So even if I wanted to restart it, revisit it. You could do it. I could do it. Right. I could pick up from whenever. And it's also equally important to me that my partner and my family is is down as well. So that that being said Mm -hmm. i had to like pause and Mm -hmm. i chose to pause it i didn't take this from mentors or anybody else that it was time to pause okay i i chose to do so because i was like you know what i need to focus on other things and i can tell you that that very very last um pitch i did was november 30th of 2017 in vancouver okay um unforgettable because my parents my family flew out from I remember um, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto okay. to Vancouver to to you know support. check it all out yeah. and support me. And I think that was that was the moment that I mean I was the first one to pitch on stage. Mm-hmm. Two out of the three investors were like super like keen and like we've had we built a really great relationship. But it was just like looking into the audience, the project, the startup didn't mm-hmm. matter mm-hmm. because I think I was still fighting like a, a disappointment to mm-hmm. my parents. Okay. Because for them, I guess it's a cultural thing, right? Like after graduating, what do you tell people? Right. Oh, my, my daughter has a business. Like right. she's running a business. Mm-hmm. So I tried to fight that reality and I ended up starting this whole journey on finding a job. Okay. And I started playing on my strengths, which was the sales side. Right. I hated sta- sales mm-hmm. because of the definition, right? Sales. What do you see? A sleazy freaking sales I hate car being sold to, by the way. Yeah. So... I think uh, playing on that ability to tell a story or bring an idea to life, and I, I played to that um, in the means of any product, anything. Mm-hmm. So honestly, what it started from, I think, selling online benefits to employers to selling coffee machines, my fucking pursuit of happiness moments where I was lugging down uh, a massive coffee machine I in remember. downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hell. I was like, yo, this, these homeless people would be looking at me. I'd be like, bro, it's so innovative that even if you stole the machine, you're going to have to find the packet somewhere, which is probably not accessible. So take the machine if right. you want it. But um, is it safe to say that you essentially like over these last couple of years or your tenure in, in sales, you figured out the art of selling selling. So after 
going through that process of starting a job, quitting a job, starting a job, quitting a job, you landed at where you're currently at right now. Yeah, it's an ed tech company and it's about selling yourself. At the end of the day, I think it's about coming face to face that you are selling yourself in any in any realm, mm. whether it's in a relationship, which we'll talk about, but um, in any relationship or um, like anything, even if you're an engineer or whatever the case may be, whatever role you take, you're still selling. Right. And it sounds like you're going to be reading this shit out of a book. Mm-hmm. But I think I've been able to say that I have mastered that skill mm-hmm. of self mm-hmm. and what I'm what I'm capable of. And it's almost like place anything in front of me. And you'll, I will you'll create, sell it. Yeah. And I'll so, sell it. And yeah. that's something my dad always says. Like, and I think I take it, I take it from my parents that mm-hmm. are like good people and also they're ethical salespeople. Right, right, right. Okay. Which is looking out for the person on the other side. Yeah. Why would they buy this? Mm-hmm. Why would they need this? Mm-hmm. And I think we we saw that growing up. Like So you've kind of attributed that again, that ethical piece to your your salesman or saleswoman mm-hmm. pitch, if you will, which is not common, which is not common all the time. I mean, I, I work in digital media and mm-hmm. our, our biz dev team is doesn't approach it like that it's very much just like obviously solutions oriented but not in in a positive light because at the end of the day they're out for a commission check which mm-hmm. makes complete sense that's what sales is you're making base plus your salary sorry base right. plus your commission um, but you've approached it a little differently you want to be ethical about these educational solutions that you're trying to sell right have you been enjoying it so far being in that tech space yeah, I mean, this is the longest. So out of the nine, the nine <laughs> jobs I left and started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this last one stuck because I got to be myself. Like okay. I was unapologetically myself. I right. was embraced for the entrepreneurial way of thinking. The, yeah. the the person that is critical about systems, like yo, I'm probably the most annoying bitch you'll ever see and hear because I'm always like, yo, we could do this better. And you should ask Dean this because yeah. he's always hearing the after. He's like, yo, you're there to make money. Right. You're not there to make friends. Right. And for me, it's all about it's just business. It, I get it. Yeah. But I need to be human first. Right. So if I don't see humans there, I got to be that first human to show up mm. humanly possible. Okay. So adding that human touch to things made me a really great salesperson, okay. especially in this this field of ed tech. Okay. Um, and moreover, uh, I was winning. Like I saw myself making really good money. Right. But also feeling good about what I was so doing. So you were able to satisfy both both ends exactly, of the spectrum. Because I was being true to myself. Mm. If I I wasn't just looking at it it as a numbers game. Mm. They always call sales a numbers game, which I totally get. Yep. Like you can be super competitive, right. focus on the numbers, but there's also a process and a way to attain those numbers in an authentic way to mm-hmm. duplicate things. Okay. Because you can't just win. Like sales is a hard shit. Like one month you're hitting targets and mm-hmm. you got to duplicate that for this next month and next month mm-hmm. and onwards. So if you don't do it right, mm-hmm. it gets really exhausting and yeah. you become bitter and angry, which is why I left that that department right into a new role because I couldn't stand the like bitterness from people now, would that you, weren't winning. Would you would you also maybe even go a step further to say that the stuff that you've learned in sales though has also allowed you to kind of like level up a little bit in your current role, like learning all that stuff going through all it, it kind of developed a, a a good amount of grit in you. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent because I think the grit comes first. Hmm. The grit comes first for you to even get into a sales role and to be successful in one. Hmm. And I think I've come that long way to actually acknowledge it. Okay. Um, and you got to ce- celebrate that as well. I don't think sales and good salespeople are celebrated, which is why, like, you know, 
Dean was one person that saw that as a strength in me. Yeah. Where he even told me to consider like real estate because he's like, you're a people person. Yeah, like you people. could sell the shit. Honestly, if you, you could sell my own condo back to me right now. <laughs> or a fucking cave under it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you, could, you could sell the LRT to me and I would I would buy it. I'd probably well, buy I it. I appreciate that. That's a very nice compliment. But but surrounding myself with yeah. the right people that saw my strengths too was For really sure. key. Because I think especially meeting Dean at the time I did, mm-hmm. even though he saw my resignation letters and he saw various different forms of the resignation right. or quitting mm-hmm. or being let go, which we can get into if you wanted. But yeah. Either or, he is the one that kind of showed me that, like, you got to show your strengths, but also your commitment. You can't just get up and leave. It's not your own business to do so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was a hard reality check, which is why I always tie it, tie this whole thing to a chapter of identity crisis. Right. I didn't know, none of this shit mattered to me before because I was running my own business. You were, the, you, were the, you were the boss, you were the employee, you were payroll, you were HR. Exactly. Right. So I didn't have to, I was building the system, mm. not incorporating myself into one. And I think that's where the difference is where I would encourage people that are not happy in certain places, mm-hmm. have the courage to leave because mm. if not, you're going to be stuck. Right. And then year after year it's going. But if I hadn't left those nine jobs, right. I wouldn't be almost hitting that two year mark at yeah. this really amazing company. Yeah. So it's and it's it's a tough thing because I know I'm the person that's always encouraging people, which is why people call me the fucking disruptor <laughs> of like, yo, we got to kick her out. And literally, I will tell you the the job before this one. Yeah, I got let go because I was challenging. Everybody. I remember. I remember. And I was like grouping people and be like, yeah. yo, look out for yourselves. Look out for yourselves. And I appreciate Jamal and Dean for that that episode where I was just like freaking just talking about this whole because I was that frustrated. It wasn't yeah. just about me. It was right. about Yo, you got to look out for people behind, beside you mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it was like, imagine 22 people getting le- let go. Mm-hmm. No job. If you really knew their stories, some of them were holding on to this job to earn their PR here. Mm-hmm. Or it, send money back to their family. It was a means to an end really for them in, in some instances that really hit home. Exactly. Right. And yet, like, you, they want us to work for management that doesn't give a fuck about that. Like, mm-hmm. what do managers do? Mm. If you're a manager... If you're listening to this and you're a fucking oof, manager, oof. tell them, tell me tell what your responsibilities are other than knowing your people, mm-hmm. knowing their story, mm-hmm. knowing their strengths, and their weaknesses, managing, and manage, exactly. Helping them manage themselves better. Right. That's a managerial position. Mm-hmm. I haven't worked for a great manager till this, this time around. And that's why I stuck. And I'm not saying like, oh, I would have just gotten up i would have gotten up and knowing you you probably would have honestly yeah Yeah. (laughs) but and and people can say like oh you should look at yourself first and not just point at your leadership but i was like but my numbers speak look at my numbers look at my track record Mm -hmm. and then tell me why do i speak up because i've got my numbers to back me up you tell me to work i'm working but there's more that i'm expecting from from a manager you can't just get paid the big bucks and do nothing Mm, mm, because there's like some sleazy people and that stuff i don't sit well with yeah and maybe it's just a way that i want to see the best in people and all people but i also see the bad and gosh if that actually triggers a a a story about me using the world um confrontational in an interview. Usa, okay. In an interview. And I was like, oh shit. 
uh, totally shot myself in the foot okay. by not saying uh, or my, by not using another another word for that. But confrontational meaning I just go straight to the source, right. deal with it, right. whether you're a manager, whether you're in <laughs> a fellow employee. I got to say, I mean, I mean, this is just my experience. I feel like that's a very um, salesy type of person. I haven't seen too many of those in like other divisions like marketing or HR. Mm. Like it's the other like other units in a company tend, tend to be a little bit more quiet but with sales again you're there's there's two ends of it of like commission and then integrity and most right. of the time like i feel like when at least our our biz dev team um when they're coming after people it's because we're missing we're messing with their paycheck or just something something's interfering with their ability to make ends meet or just to provide um dude we're the backbone right of any company. rightfully so though too yeah 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 sales isn't you know, you're not gonna make money in an enterprise environment at least right. without your salespeople to kind of go to bat for you so two things that i have to kind of pose back to you is um i guess just being able to own what you can do and what you can't do and you know what what is your what is some of your advice for people that want to get into sales because i feel like there are people that i know that i'm like you can't do admin but you can sell mm-hmm. really well or you can train yourself to even sell so maybe we'll start backwards of what would you tell somebody that's like you know i know how to or i manage my parents store and i know how to do inventory and i know how to deal with customers and i know how to get them to buy more shit and they're like what do, i don't know what to do you know what do you tell somebody that's looking for a job you know like a university grad right What's your what's your solution or your advice to just them? look for those biz dev positions and apply mm-hmm. and get in there for someone that has no experience like where do you even begin you are pro- if you're a salesperson yeah. you're gonna know that you just gotta start somewhere right. you gotta apply you gotta reach out you mm-hmm. gotta do what you would do as a salesperson to even land that sales job which mm. means it goes back to like for example um, the coffee so Lavazza Lavazza is an Italian coffee company mm-hmm. and they acquired that coffee machine um, uh, job that I that I had okay and I was selling coffee machines to freaking offices and that job I got right on the spot mm-hmm. because I did research on the lady that was interviewing me right she was super impressed because she's like that's what you would naturally be doing in this job anyways mm-hmm. so she didn't even think twice she's like I want you I'm ta- like I'm talking I'm telling my manager nice giving giving in that word okay and that was because I did the research I showed up I did some follow-up mm. so whatever that sales process is whatever you're you claim that you're good at to these like recent grads or whatnot do that in the process of landing that job talk to people gotcha reach out do the research because that's what sales is about authentic sales is about not only knowing your product it's knowing how to listen and who you're speaking to understanding your audience and your clients at the end of the day exactly because you're not i i always say this is something I think I learned really quickly in with my like fidget toys and mm-hmm. any other startup business mm-hmm. was focus on the feature. No, focus on the function, mm-hmm. not the feature. Okay. Because the function of that product or service mm-hmm. is the core. Okay. The feature is the bells and whistles. You can change the colors of things. Got you. When you're selling a car, mm-hmm. you're selling them a car. It's going from A to B. Right. You don't tell them that it's fucking blue and it's going to come with nice rims or a fucking, I don't mm-hmm. even know. And some people fall for that. They do. But yeah. that's because that it's almost like that's the rep that mm-hmm. car sales people have gotten because it's always about the bells and whistles. It's mm-hmm. never about the function. Mm-hmm. If we just took a second to be like, yo, what am I buying a car for? We may just end up with bicycles. So that's why. Very true. They start selling the features. Bicycles with large trunks. But there we go. That's another conversation. There we go.
we go. That's another conversation. One of the other things I think that you touched on really, really well was owning, again, what you could and couldn't do mm-hmm. within sales. Like, how did you even just kind of figure that part out? And like, how did that even affect your dynamic with like Dean? I kept, you know what? I com- I complained a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's where like having good friends and good partners are really important. Yeah. Because he's really good at separating work and life. Mm-hmm. Whereas because I'm so used to work being life. Yeah. That, um, and especially like, I mean, to kind of give the backstory on that is like when you're, when you're, especially in sales, your paycheck is like a hundred percent on you. Yeah. Like that hustle is from zero to hundred. If you don't show up, like I was glued to my laptop mm-hmm. because if I weren't, wasn't on the line, mm-hmm. somebody else is getting that, right. that Get, dollar. Getting that check. So just being absorbed by that, but having... Like Dean's taught me a lot about finances, about balance, Mm. about routine, about um, like having a little bit of space between the people that you're working with and not making them friends. My sister taught me that too. She recently, um, to make a long story short, I was having a a moment at work and in a very clever way, my sister was like, you need to stop telling your boss everything Mm -hmm. about what's not going right and keep that to your circle. Keep that to me. Keep that to your people. Keep that to mom and dad. But at work, it's a whole different thing because at the end of the day, you're just a number. Right. You're just a number and like this, you can be disposed of. Right. And I learned that the hard way. And I'm, I know I know that you did. You did as well. But nonetheless, like you had you had Dean there as your partner. And would you say that owning a bit of what you couldn't do or couldn't bring to the table was easier for you because Dean was able to kind of fill in and lean into that gap? Definitely. Yeah. And I think I was learning how to create those balances mm. and... I mean, on the other, the flip side, yeah, being more human led me to better opportunities and bigger opportunities mm-hmm. because I had those unfiltered relationships mm-hmm. with my manager, for example. Like, shout outs to Jonah. Mm-hmm. Like, he was such an amazing manager as well as Umu. Like, Umu is the, um, I guess he was my colleague and then he turned into my manager mm. and he's the one who, like, referred me to this opportunity because he saw me for me at school so our emba that we did and he was a colleague of mine we were on the same activity or like on the same team for a particular activity but Mm -hmm. we were unfiltered as in he knew the true me i didn't have to play it off as uh or like feel self-doubt because of leaving so many jobs Mm -hmm. because at that point the other side of leaving nine jobs is that self-confidence right like shit maybe people are right like i'm hard to work with i would agree Fucking hell! <laughs> i was waiting for a back <laughs> a back end effect from this side this side but i guess uh no but that's where it's like that yeah. appreciation for for who who that person is but right that's where like the self-doubt was i i would be lying if it didn't creep in but mm-hmm. it did it started creeping in but i never i never settled for nothing like nothing less than just showing up for myself of mm. like this is me if i'm not happy with something i'm gonna address it right. i don't give a shit because if i don't nobody will and maybe that's a hard lesson that i learned so long ago short story short grade 12 i lost one of my best friends right. to suicide right i was the very last person that the person wanted to speak to mm-hmm. but i kept pushing it off to like yo we're gonna speak in the morning who knew it was the last last day or the mm-hmm. last con- like i 
don't know. So I never wanted to feel that way again of the don't know. That's why I address, I'm over communicative mm. in relationships or even work. I still want to show up as a human first. Right. And that's where being unfiltered, I had the most toughest year last year and being in a sales job, mm -hmm. having my dad go through a, a very severe heart attack. Right. If I hadn't had a human to human friend to friend relationship with my manager right. at that point, it would have been a black hole because yeah. I would have driven myself so insanely nuts of like high anxiety, high stress, not being able to take care of anything. Mm -hmm. Because I still worked through my dad's heart attack. The yeah. moment I heard, I was still on, I was making, I think I was performing like 80% more than yeah. I was. You were going hard. In that moment, because I was trying to use that as a distraction. But my manager called me and I was like, Ryan, you need to take two weeks off. Mm. Like, just get off. Like, That's you good. need to focus on family first. Yeah. But that wouldn't have come through if I ended up intending my relationship with him as well, you know what? To them, I'm just a number. Right. And in all honesty, if we're painting the entire picture, mm -hmm. I'm a contractor. This mm -hmm. is a this is a U.S. based company. Mm -hmm. I'm the first one to be disposed. Right. But I never trusted that. It's mm -hmm. like, OK, yeah, that's that's what's around me. It's the way I intend or what my intentions are behind my actions. You trusted your instinct, if anything. Exactly. Because I showed up. Mm -hmm. I know my worth. And that's what backed me up being more human in my work mm. relationships, especially with managers and whatnot. The other day you had, uh, <laughs> you would ask me, and this is a good story for Dean who's hearing this for the first time. You would ask me how, you know, how dating in, going, yeah. in the you know in the 21st panorama pineapple pandemic is is kind of going and i told you i was i was vexed as ever but i told you it was like not enough people own what they can and can't do anything that's like very applicable to to work to your family to your friends just own 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 your shit and everything becomes 10 times easier and i say that because an interesting interesting situation happened to me so dean this is a good one for you so a while ago okay a while ago now I was speaking to, and we're going to use aliases because we don't want to put, we don't want to put any, anyone's business Unless out there. Unless it comes out. We do put anyone's names out there. And I want to be mindful to them because they may be listening to this. Hopefully. Well, if you are fucking listening to this, get your notebook out, make notes and make some changes in your life. Oof. Sorry, go ahead. Anyways. So Dean, take this in. Um, I was talking to uh, this uh, cool woman. Her name is Kim. Okay. Kim is her alias cool person had a couple conversations you know hung out a couple times or whatever the case is and it was cool and later that week i was on an app which you know i think is the devil i think is the absolute devil um and i ended up matching with a kim number two and i know what you might be thinking to yourself like how like how could that happen like, how could you match with somebody that has the same name but you know I, I kind of i kind of didn't think too much of it now kim number two would only message me from like 10 30 until 11 30 at night now you tell me renish like you know normally around that time what are you doing you you about to knock out right you're about Fuck, to if you're like 30 plus yeah you're done. how are you even up you're done yeah, you're done. I'm sure at that time you're just you're 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 trying to knock out. You're trying to plan for the next day. You're probably taking a shit like it, there's a, a million and one really things that you could yeah. be doing. Here I am. You know, I get I get a little ding. I match with this person. So we start shooting the shit. And Kim, number two, just for a bit of context, is a teacher. 
Okay. So after first like call, I did what every serial killer does. And I said, Hey, here's my number. <laughs> like, just hit me. Just call me. Yeah. Just call me like regular grown folks. Yeah. Do. She said, you know what? Do you mind if I call you through the app? I said, okay, cool. You can do that. There's a feature where you can like video call and voice call through these apps now to make it um, less daunting to like have like a virtual conversation with someone. So I did exactly that and said, okay, cool. No worries. You want to call me through the app? It's all good. So I think this was like our second or third time talking. She calls me through the app. And again, this is between 1030 and like 1130 at night. The fuck are teachers doing? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's all virtural too. I had had no idea, but I was like, whatever. And I had a couple late nights that week too. So, you know, sure. It worked out. Now... By like the fourth conversation, I like sent her a message and was like, listen, this app is giving me bare anxiety and I have no, no time to actually be on here to communicate with you. And we're going to try and relate this back to owning your shit. Okay. But I was like, I don't have any time to be using this app to communicate with you. It's causing me like a lot of anxiety. Do you want to just text me like normal grown folks do? And she was like, "Mm, I'm not really comfortable with that. So over the phone, she had met, she, she, (laughs) over the phone, she might be over the phone. She had mentioned to me that she's a teacher. And when she has like parent interview calls, she blocks her phone number so that her kids, parents don't, you know, find out her number and and have like a text-based relationship with her. And I think that's like a common. How old are the kids that she's teaching? I think in like grade, like one to three. Okay. So, and I think that. Grade one to three teachers, if you're out there, (laughs) please comment below with your actual (laughs) rules and regulations around using your personal fucking phone to call your kids parents and shit sorry Need, continue. needless to say though and i know my sister does this with my nephew's teachers from time to time but all that to say i was like okay cool i understand why you don't want to give me your number or you don't want to text me so at that point i was like okay whatever like i i saw all these red flags but you don't you don't think about the red flags when you're talking to someone new right you you in fact you ignore as you look at dean you ignore any potential <laughs> red flag because you're like that's not what i'm here for i'm actually here to just like find someone to talk to or find whatever it is that i'm looking for so i'm like okay cool now we hop on like another call and by this time i'm like okay this is dumb because every time she would call me it was like an unknown number and i gave her my number just telling her listen you can call me whenever and again 10 30 to 11 like 30 p.m at night she calls me and i only know that it's her because it's an unknown mm-hmm. number okay so it's like what do you do ren when you have like an unknown or like a block number you look at your phone. Like I, I look at my phone. I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, this is either the CRA. This is either the CRA from India mm-hmm. or this is duck cleaning from India. This is sure what? as hell not my mom trying to call me at 1130 p.m. at night. But what are you afraid? Honestly, when I'm hearing that, because right. yo, funny enough, yeah. that was the line. Because you, you know how you said like, oh, you know, this app is giving me anxiety. I'm getting right. off of it. It's exactly what I told Zine. Right. When we like first t- started talking, right. and I was like, yo, this is just my number or like. Just like holler at me. I don't know. Dean, did you give me your number? Or did I give you mine? Dean's trying to play real think, macho right now, but I think okay. Well, you know what? Let's just let's no. just say you you gave him you, yeah. gave him you gave him your number, okay? Right. Or at or I asked him for his number because I was like, yo, I'll just call you. Right. And I called him for my number because it was just like, yo, let's just jump on the phone real and quick. Like like make it make, just speed this shit up. Right. Because if I'm not attracted to your voice, this was my analogy. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not attracted to your voice, then oh, I'm with that. I'm with that. I don't know. And how Dean has a pretty him. attractive voice, so I'll give you, I'll give you that. Right. There we go. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> it kind of matches the looks. Okay, cool, cool. We're going at that. No, but what do you hide, especially in 2021? I don't I don't know. You need to be a little bit unfiltered at I, this point. I, I, I think so. And I, I would agree with you. And I, I'm going to try to, and you know what? I'm going to take my time with this story. So 
we keep talking and at, at a, there just comes a certain point where I'm like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. And I, and I tell her again, I'm like, Hey, here's my number. I'm actually going to delete my profile. So just call me whenever she says yes. And naturally every time she calls me, it's like a blocked number. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, Oh my God, the FBI is calling me. Like this is kind of, this is kind of ridiculous where at the end of a conversation, I've got to be like, so I call you back, but I don't really have a number, number. to call you. So let me know when you want to talk to Girl's me. Girl's got a lot of games, man. Not well, even the real game. here's where things get funny. So now this is like later in the week. I'm having a rough day at work and my phone rings. And I didn't even think twice about looking at my caller ID. I thought it was Kim number one calling me. Ooh. But it was Kim number two that called me. So I pick up the phone and I'm like, hello. I'm like super pissed aggravated with shit <laughs> she's on the other line and she's like hey <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like who is this <laughs> she's like it's cam number two <laughs> in my head i'm like oh this is this is not kim number one who i thought, thought was, was. going to be calling me who knew about like my day-to-day understood you know what was going on at work so immediately i start enunciating like my words the caucasian in me comes out heavy and i'm like hey it's so nice to hear from you i start to the sales in me comes out and i'm trying to save this like conversation and try not to give up you know the fact that i had no idea who the fuck was calling me mm-hmm. so we have like a little five minute conversation i'm like i'm so sorry like i had a really long day at work but thanks for calling it's really nice to hear you i start to you know put on like my smooth like voice and all this stuff i hang up the phone and i'm like oh my god why am i talking to two people that have the same name right now this is hell now we hop on another conversation okay on, on another call and we have another conversation and i'm like she calls me and i look at my phone and this happened to be on a day where i'm like ready to jump into bed i'm about to like pull my sheets out and like it's like what 11 39 it's, it's yeah. no, no it's like it's like 11 10 okay and i'm like about to dive into bed like dive into bed like it's chocolate okay and just pass the fuck out my phone rings it's it's the fbi again <laughs> I I look at my phone. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to dead this and not even dead. I just need to be very clear about the fact that like, I can't deal with the fact that you're calling me from a block number. So I pick up the phone and I'm like, hello. And she's like, Hey, it's me, Kim number two. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, Hey, thanks for calling. And before I can even go on, she's like, did you unmatch me from that app? And I'm like, uh, no, but I, and I'm like trying to explain myself. And she's like, because if you did, that's like such a jackass move. By the way, this is what I think all females sound like. So pardon me. But she's like, that's such a jackass move. Like, why would you do something like that? Like, unless you had Butterfingers, like that's like, I hope that you didn't. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that you called because I didn't unmatch you. I actually just removed my profile from this devil of an app. And I did tell you that I was going to do it. So it's not like you didn't know. And you had my number. So just to clear the air. And again, she cuts me off and she's like, well... Okay, good, because like if you did, that'd be just like such a jackass move to like pull. So I'm already I'm aggravated because I'm I'm trying to jump into bed. I'm trying to go to bed and get my night's rest. So immediately I'm like, listen, this is kind of absurd. I'm like, I don't have your number. I have no no way to contact you to even like reasonably form like a friendship with you. There's no way that like this is gonna like pan itself out. So she cuts me off and she's like, oh, I'd like to meet. So she's like, I'd like to. I'd like to meet. So I'm like, whoa. The fuck? Okay, cool, cool. If you if you are going out of your way now, not out of your way, but if you're if you're going to go to the point to say I want to meet you after mm-hmm. all this, cool. Maybe, you know, you've turned a leaf, whatever the case is. So I'm like, okay, cool. You want to meet? By the way, here's my schedule. So I am like, "Oh, you know what? Um, it's Monday today. 
Tuesday, I'm a little free. Wednesday and the weekend, I might I might have some time. Midway through, she cuts me off and she's like, yeah, like I can't remember your schedule. I'm like, you just told me that you want to hang out with me and now you don't have the capacity to remember or even tired of or, or be mindful teacher. to my schedule. So okay. I'm like, okay, cool. Again, ignoring all the red flags. I'm ignoring all the red flags and I'm just like, I'm just trying to get to bed right now. So no, man, this is why I told you <laughs> when you get this fucking call, you just add a call, man. Add a call. Add you into three-way? Exactly. I'll just be a fucking fly on the wall, <laughs> but then like intervene as in, well, <laughs> Joe's assistant is right here. Yes. Well, well, let me book book that fucking un- meeting for Unfortunately, you. I didn't do that. And I said, okay, cool. You call me and we'll we'll figure it out. The next day comes and I am in bed. And I remember this because I texted you after this happened. True. And I'm in bed and my phone rings. It's like 11, 19 p.m. I look at my phone. It's the freaking FBI okay. call, calling me again. And I just, I didn't pick up. I was so aggravated. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time. I'm like in my 30s to be looking at unknown numbers from a sane, what's seemingly adult that is a teacher here. And mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get flack for this, but I'm like, this just makes no sense. So yeah. the next, the day after this now comes, it's like Thursday and she calls again, but I'm fast asleep. So I wake up on Friday and I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, the FBI did call me since then. Yeah, we have not spoken. But all of that to say the reason why this didn't go anywhere is because she couldn't own why or, or she just couldn't own some some part of trust. There was some sort of trust issue, I feel, in any case. And I don't know. To me, I'm like with online online dating, getting to know someone, I think a part of that is like having a reasonable way to get in touch with someone. Yeah, like, how do you expect me to say, hey, let's hang out? And then for me to say oh, here's my schedule. And for you to tell me, yeah, I can't remember your schedule. So I'll just call and let you know when I'm free. So then you can bend over backwards and try to hang out. It was the weirdest experience. And it also didn't help that I almost confused Kim number two with Kim number one. That was, that was also big fuck up number one. So to answer your question, how's dating and then getting to know people? Listen, I've met some incredible people. I met some, some people that weren't for me. I've met some people that are dope that you know, have a lot going on for themselves. I've met people that don't know how to communicate. And I Mm -hmm. think just owning what you can and cannot do is like super integral to that. And I think online dating right now is definitely like, you know, COVID obviously isn't helping for many. Like I'm not, I'm not the only one that's going through this. And the same thing goes for like friendships. Like it's a, it's a tough barrier to kind of like cut through if you will. But um, yeah, getting it's it's the way you see it though. Cause like COVID can either bring the good out of you. Like I think, the last time when you spoke to all three of us and, you know, especially Dean and I, when we got the like the house and things like yeah, that, like yeah. he had mentioned, like the good that came out of it was like it cut down the commute time. Mm-hmm. Like it it has it's almost like you got to match your energy. Mm. And unfortunately, I think people like, fuck, man, Kim, too. You fucking you just waste such a waste of time. And it's it's almost like what? I hate to say this, but it's almost like people that do shit like that, they don't respect their own time. They don't respect their own needs. They don't respect their own wants. And they're caught up in this whole like trust issues with themselves. They can't trust themselves being involved or getting attached or being vulnerable with a new person. If that's the case, fucking check yourself the first day Mm. you're on this app. The first day you're given a number or you it's a transaction at the end of the day. I just, you know, I, it was weird because, not weird, but it was just unfortunate because she was cool, but I'm also just like, how Cool many, in what ways? Like. She looked uh, good? She was cute. Okay. She was cute. She had her, you know, she had her, her shit together. Fucking teacher up at 1130, I don't know. But it was also, again, like, I was just baffled. I'm like, how many other 
guys and gentlemen have you put through this like a ringer of a process to like find a way to holler at you way bizarre i'm just i'm i'm too much of a straight shooter to be like yo here's my number like that just, and that, that's like something just, that's on you, man. You could have just filtered that shit out from the get-go. It was entertainment. It, you know, it's made for a meaningful conversation and episode. And at the time, again, I didn't I didn't really think twice about the fact that this is like a serious red. True. Like for me, anyways, for me. I know for some people, that's cool. You know, if, if you... No, but I totally hear you on that. Where yeah. you're just... You're in the zone of trying to filter and filter and find them. Like you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I did. I did. Exactly. Where it got to a point where yeah. it's like, yo, when she proposed to meet you were like yeah why not like yeah let's do it because that shows that you you're cool you're like open you're actually ready it it'll help you filter through these people but it's a it's a waste of time like this is almost like a psa fucking announcement to fucking females on these apps <laughs> not because i'm in a relationship but it's because you've been I mean, you've been there too i i have yeah, and yeah. like my partner knows this too but moreover like this is where I told you you'll get your fucking notebook ready. <laughs> we make plans. Plan A to Z. Just be honest. If you're in that zone of trying to filter out to find what you are looking for, right. do that. Yeah. Do that unapologetically, but also respectfully to yourself right. as well as the other person. You don't yeah. need to be like fucking sexually involved, especially in Corona times. Yeah, yeah. But you need to get exposed to different personalities mm-hmm. to filter out mm-hmm. what is what is what is it that you're looking for. Right. My partner and I both, like we've gone through that where at the very, very end of it, he wasn't a plan, but I approached it with an open mind, mind, yeah. open heart. Perhaps for him, he was just like, yo, she's she's the one right <laughs> on after first date. But our first date wasn't even a, first a date. date. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. getting to know that person. And that's where it's like, it's almost, it has to be rooted in a good friendship. So if this bitch is already calling you on fucking unknown private numbers. <laughs> she's not a bitch, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yo, you can bleep that shit out. But Kim K, come at me. Um, Kim, whatever her last name is. Um, we're using aliases. We're not, right, we're right, not using exactly. real names. No, but I think... But this is where it gets caught up in all the unnecessary drama. Well, you that, know, like she's probably going to her friends being like, oh yeah, there's this guy. However, you need to say it in the, the whole female... Hey guys, like there's this guy that I'm talking to. Yeah, and I only. Go, <laughs> do you think she tells them that she she first, calls them? First of all, calls I, you at 11:30 p.m. I don't even want to be a part of a group chat. Like under those under those terms, that's not the way that I want to be introduced to anyone's like group of like girls. It, like not not even no, remotely. But none of her people are calling her out for her actions. Oh yeah, because she probably point. isn't. And I get and it's okay. Listen, it's it's fine for her not to talk about this to her. She. <laughs> this guy on the other hand. She's she 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 was she was definitely single, which is and the funny part. She lives like ten minutes like down the street, and mm. I just I just I just couldn't fathom. And the reason why like I'm 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 so baffled by this is because when I asked her, I'm like, "Don't you go to bed?" And she's like, "No, I'm just like, I'm just awake." What? Aren't you tired? It's like a girl. It's a Monday. Like it's eleven. I don't know about y'all, but like when it's eleven thirty p.m., unless I'm I have the day off or unless I'm on vacation, I'm trying to knock out. And more than ever now when I have my routines kind of set up, you know what I mean? And now I'm at a place where like I've moved out. It's been yeah. a little over three months. Like now I can do these things of having my people over and then afterwards do my nighttime thing, have a little bit of a late dinner, watch the I game. I guess if I were to just take a step back, yeah. it was coming from being protective yeah. of my friends. Of course. Because of course. at the end of the day, I'm like you come with that vibrant energy. Of course. The last thing that I want happening for you mm-hmm. is like you wasting energy on these people. Oh, where I have it's no like, time for it now. You don't have time yeah, for yeah. them. And like, 
if you're invested in yourself in mm-hmm. order to put yourself out there, big time, that needs to be respected. I think that's that's where I'm All coming right. from, and that's where it's, mm-hmm. I'm getting super aggressive and <laughs> aggravated. But it's almost like protect you because the last thing I want is that the right person doesn't get the full you because you're already like oh man. Let you me know. let me tell you, I've given a, a few a few of these people that I've spoken to recently. They've definitely got like a taste of the of the of the best part of, mm-hmm. of or one of the best parts of me i'm not giving it back to them unless they come and meet me halfway half, halfway and that's just what it is like now i just spend my time unapologetically like i actually told a certain someone a while ago that i was like yo don't be don't be pissed if i'm if i'm not trying to hang out with you it's just because i'm actually just unapologetically just trying to do things for me mm-hmm. and again if you can meet me halfway cool all yeah. good but if you can't like it's it's no hard feelings you know like i don't yeah. i don't i don't feel a ways about it but if this was me when i was like 25 or even 20 oh my god don't ever feel like you're like you're out of time either but oh, it's yeah, almost yeah. like that's where cherish your time and yeah, yeah, yeah. or pay attention to those flags like yeah just like you're saying you're unapologetically respecting yourself your yeah. routine your space i just don't think other people and it's okay that they're not i think it's when you when you're unaware of it and that's, that's the thing it. I think in, in this instance, Kim number two, from my perspective, was completely blind to the fact that she was actually wasting someone's wasting time. someone's time with like semantics around, hey, when can we how can we hang out? Even though when we do hang out and even even let's just say we hung out, I would still have to wait for her phone call to be like, Oh, by the way, I'm at a I'm at the bluffs. Like, yeah. How do? How are you supposed to? That, like, it's it just screams. Like now, when I look back at it, outside of it being like a funny story, it just screams sus, yeah. packed all over it. So yeah. yeah, now again more than ever, and I love like I love the space that I've carved out for myself. Some people just can't get with it. So it's all sorry, Kim. Kim number two, if you're listening to this, my bad. No, you swerve. All right, <laughs> you swerve. We go on a date. You can have my number, <laughs> and then you can meet my my boy here. So you can go out with security. Yeah, exactly. Go with security. Speaking of routines, what have your recent routines been like? I mean, now that you guys are, you know, you guys are engaged, you guys are trying to move into a spot together. Like, how's that? How's the routine shift been like for you, especially with you getting a promotion at work? Um... My routine is out of whack. Mm. Uh, I've had a huge life change. Um, And then work, getting this promotion. Yeah. And I think routine was difficult from the get-go just because like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not easy. I know for me, speaking from experience, you know, like when I first moved in, again, when you move into a new place, you're trying to figure out how do you get your kitchen set up. And now like 90 plus days in, I've finally, like when you or when Dean's checking in, I'm like. Hey guys, like I'm working out or I'm doing X, Y, Z and I've, I've kind of got it mapped out, but it took time. Mm-hmm. It absolutely took time. And I remember even when you were settling into like the new position, getting adjusted, if you will, it was a bit of a, again, bit of an adjustment for lack of a better word. Yeah. Right. And are, are you getting comfortable though with how things are? A thousand percent. I never, and I guess this is where it's like having good friends and a partner in mm-hmm. your corner because mm-hmm. that, that becomes your forever, you know, like yeah, yeah. you need to show up your, for your family, mm-hmm. which is your family that you create. And if it weren't for Dean to be like, yo, I'm done work at five, like yeah. clock out at five, right. I wouldn't have been respecting my time because I'm a workaholic. Oh, I know. Even like pre-Dean, you would be working until like your wit's end. Like, Yeah, you- no, but I do that now because yeah. it's such a, it's like built in my DNA yeah, where I'm, yeah, yeah. I freaking will turn off my Slack and my like inbox, yeah. my laptop yeah. and then 
on my phone, I'm checking my inbox and my Slack and everything. So I think that's where having a constant person to help you create that routine, mm. a new lifestyle that is mindful and it incorporates people and things that you do together with that person, mm. then you'll get or you'll build a new routine. If not, you're just kind of like, I, I know at least for me, like I would just be in my own zone, like just working yeah. just because. So needless to say, routines are getting better. With time. Yes, I with hope. Time. With, with time. time. With yeah. time. Yeah. Good, yeah, good thing. So. Good things take time, as the, as the uh, age old saying goes, right? I guess so. We guess so. I guess so. Well, Renish, listen, I gotta say, we we chopped it up about a bunch of things. Get your notebook ready. Right? <laughs> so. Anyways, security guard over here, broker yeah. over here. No, um, a thousand percent. My broker fee is uh, <laughs> maybe you know a Starbucks so, coffee uh, or a car. Anyone that, anyone that's trying to get to me has to go through Renish and Dean first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I do that for my brother, and I will do that for. I don't care if you're scared of me, then that's a problem. <laughs> so I'm gonna wrap up this episode by just saying thank you, Renish, for stopping by, and thanks for tuning in this far. Like I said, this is episode six from season two if you haven't i really encourage you to listen to our first season where you actually get to hear ranish dean and jamal talk about their podcast uh that they got going on as well and just get to know more again about our guests but ranish thank you so much for stopping by thank you Finn. my name is joe and you're listening to the front row kim k fuck off <laughs> kim number two dean any last words nah you want to flex your guns he's <laughs>